Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 270. Today is another Marvel Monday episode, which we didn't really plan to be a thing, but it has the potential to maybe be a thing. We will see where it goes. But we originally planned that this episode was going to be on Enzo's Hideaway and Maria and Enzo's there at Disney Springs to do our restaurant storytelling episodes. But then we decided we needed to get this episode out early this week so that you guys have time to listen to it before the finale of season one of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And of course, it's just been dominating the conversation in our household. We've been sending TikToks back and forth to each other and commenting on them, trying to figure out how this series is going to end and where the ripple effects will be felt. And so that's why we're here today to do a preview of the very last episode. Are you ready to say goodbye to it yet? I... That's a tough question. I think I am just because I feel like with this series, with, you know, with these characters, with Sam and with Bucky, you know, this isn't like the last that we're going to see them together. And we talk about a lot how we think that they have a lot of potential with continuing to have their own Disney Plus series. Whereas I was a little more heartbroken with WandaVision because I knew that vision was going to have to go away. Like we knew that this wasn't a permanent situation and we kind of knew that the cord was going to be cut pretty permanently as far as, you know, this, the whole setup that we had. So I feel like this is a little more sustainable. So I'm not like devastated. I'm going to miss it. Uh, maybe not as much. I don't think it'll hurt as much. But I think, you know, for a lot of the reasons that I just mentioned, I think that's probably why. We don't have too long to wait until Loki as well, which will help because our hype is through the roof for that one. With Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I feel like we tempered our expectations quite a bit. But I think our goal for this episode is just kind of previewing this finale, talking about where our heads are at, what we're expecting, what we're going to be, you know, we're going to be satisfied, I think, no matter what. But, you know, what would we like to see or what do we expect to see So we kind of just pose some questions to each other that we're going to walk through. And I think the biggest thing that hopefully will be revealed in this last episode is who is the power broker. I still have it narrowed down to three people. So truly, I don't know if that's narrowing it down at all. Um, So I still think Sharon is a possibility. I haven't completely narrowed her out just because I do think she has a lot of connections Um, I also think that it might be Valentina, so the newest addition to all of this madness. And to be honest, I was a little mad last week when we were still being introduced to new characters because it felt like we were farther away from tying things up, but I don't necessarily think that's true anymore. Um, And the third one, I think, is a person who we haven't been introduced to yet, Uh, I just think maybe there's still someone else out there. 
I don't know anymore if it's like it's crazy to say, you know, that it's still like Wolverine or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's just too far fetched at this point in the series, but I do think it's a possibility that maybe we don't know who it is yet because to me, Sharon and Valentina seem possible, but they also feel just like far fetched. So I want to go. I earlier in the series, I thought it could have been someone from the X Men. I don't think it is anymore. Like but I thought think it about could be all the posters and like all the things like in Madripoor that were kind of pointing to some sort of in like I don't know, just like hybrid mutant being. Like I I can't leave those little clues because like why were they all there so i think the biggest one that you're pointing towards is that i don't know if any of you guys saw it but marvel put up this fake visit madripoor like tourism website and when it first went up there were little easter eggs in there hinting towards wolverine and to mystique they since scrubbed it completely of all the x-men references and now it is the website is still up. You can just Google it, like visit Madripoor, and it'll show up, and you can explore it. So it shows like more about the bar that they were in, and you know different things that you can do in Madripoor. So I don't know. I mean, it could be. I mean, another theory that is out there that you and I have talked about is: is this really Sharon? Could Sharon be someone like Mystique? who can disguise and mimic other people's appearances. Now, I don't know how she would have the intel to understand everything that Sharon knows up to this point. But obviously, by the scenes that they've been putting Sharon into and the phone calls she's been making, she's up to no good. I mean, she's at least up to something. There's something hidden. You know, she's probably had to do some things being on the run to get to the status where she's at which means she's probably rubbed elbows with some pretty bad people. So if I had to put my money on it, like all the chips in, I think the power worker is Valentina. And here's how I think it might have played out. So Valentina is Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus, who Catherine never watched Seinfeld, so she had no idea who she was. It meant nothing to me. Which is crazy. That's another thing that we're going to have to tackle in our marriage later on is watching Seinfeld. But in the comic books, Valentina has done so many different things. She, at one point, was Madame Hydra, which is like a... Well, that's what it sounds like. She's a female leader of Hydra. She's been a sleeper agent in S.H.I.E.L.D., at some points, working for Hydra. She's also been connected to Leviathan, which Leviathan is the Soviet Union version of Hydra. And which that they talked about in Agent, uh, Carter, Agent Carter, which is weird to have throwbacks back to that. But if you go with maybe one of those stories and that she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, then that would maybe make sense that when Sharon was on the run she could reach out to someone that she used to work with at S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, she had built up this, Valentina has built up this business, this criminal business. Undercover. And Sharon comes and just, you know, takes refuge in that and starts working there. I think, to, to me, that is the most logical as to what that be. And then I think that will transfer over into the Thunderbolts 
And that's how John Walker gets, you know, involved with both of those people. Now, Sharon is obviously upset with Bucky and Sam. If that is true, and if Sharon and John Walker start working together, that will bring out another conversation of how does she feel about Steve? Because we don't really know how she feels about Steve at this point, but is is she mad at him just like she's mad at Sam and Bucky and the U.S. government? I mean, I I feel like she would have to be. I feel like she would just be mad at any of the Avengers, anyone whose records got scrubbed, scrubbed clean, anyone who got like, you know, the forgiveness that she feels like she didn't get. And, you know, part of that, part of what we talked about is, you know, did she just not get that because she didn't go back and try like these others? Obviously, they all went back and like the pros or the good outweighed the cons, I I guess, is what, what happened there. And maybe she just never went back and got that opportunity. Maybe she was too scared to go back. Maybe she really wasn't welcome back. I don't know. So there was another theory floated out there, and I hate this theory personally, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. There is a theory on Reddit. I saw it on Reddit and TikTok today talking about could Isaiah be the power broker? Oh, no. I don't think That's feel like- a hard pass. Whoever came up with that, I need to hear their explanations because he, to me, I mean- I feel like you're getting exactly what is advertised there. Like he's been through a lot. He's fed up and very much done with anything and everything associated with the super serum. Yeah. Super serums, the government, you know, I feel like he has enough there to, you know, that's a lot of built up anger that I guess would give him justification to be the power broker. But I, I don't see that at all. So how would you feel if Sharon, if it ended up not being Sharon, if an, and it was someone like Mystique? You mean like Sharon's not in the picture at all? Yeah. Again, I don't know enough about Mystique. I mean, I, I guess my first question just feels, uh, where is the real Sharon? <laughs> like, where is she? What is she actually doing if that's not her? There's also things like you can talk about, you know, comic books and story arcs and all this stuff. But you do have to think about stuff that's happening in real life, like contracts and stuff. And most recently, Mystique was played by Jennifer Lawrence, and she has said that she is not interested in playing that role any longer. She is interested in joining the MCU, but she does not want to play Mystique. Probably because that's like eight hours of makeup every single day. How would you even make that transition, though? How can you just say, oh, I was in the... I guess technically it wasn't in the MCU, but like I was this person that everyone saw me be. Now I want to go be this person. Uh, I got bad news for you, Catherine. What? Chris Evans played Mr. Fantastic. And. Okay, but did anyone actually watch that? And Michael B. Jordan was in a Fantastic Four as well. And then here he came back as Fearmonger. So they've definitely done it before. So what you're saying is it's possible. It's definitely possible. Ryan Reynolds played the Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern's DC. Never mind. But anyway, Ryan Reynolds has been all over the place. They don't care anymore. Okay. Well, now that I'm... Was Chris Evans Mr. Fantastic? No. He was just in the Fantastic Four. 
but I don't know which one he was. I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie. Exactly. But point point made. But they don't care about that kind of stuff. Okay. So you don't think it's possible because of like contract deals and finding the right person, maybe? You know, it's tough. It's the same conversation about Wolverine, which I do think they're going to recast Wolverine. There's those rumblings out there that that will happen eventually to bring Wolverine into the MCU. But, I mean, it's Jennifer Lawrence. How do you... I don't know how you get around that. Like, it's 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 too... It's It hasn't been enough time. And yeah. she's too big of a name. Like, to just, you, like, swipe that under the rug. Yeah. Like, you'd have to have her. And now they can deal with the different things of, oh, it's a different, you know, person. You know, mm-hmm. since Pietro had two different appearances. But I do think in Loki, that is something that they're going to squash is basically say, like, no, everybody has the same appearance in all of the different multiverses. Which I think we need. We need that stability. At least give us that when we talk about time travel. Let's not go making people other people. All right. Final answer, who's the power broker? I'm going to say someone random. I don't think we know who it is. I don't think we've been introduced to them. Well, Final will, answer. Will that be lame, though? Is I don't, it someone I don't know. That we, Maybe it's going to lead us into season two. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not 100% on board with Sharon or Valentina. I think those are the safe choices. What about Zemo? Could he have been double-crossing them? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But I feel like the power broker wanted the serum, so why would he go and smash it all? And then reach out to her and be like, hey, I need it. Give it back. Like, you know it's gone. Unless he has ulterior motives. Which I'm sure he does, but I don't think it's him. But that does bring up the question... Do you think we'll see him again? I don't think we see Zemo in episode six. I think Zemo makes his return in Black Panther 2. I mean, because I'm assuming they took him to Wakanda, right? To be imprisoned there forever. Yeah. So I think that's when we see him again. And, you know, it may not be much his role going forward. But again, the writing is on the wall. The actor who plays him has been doing a lot of press. So it's almost like they want him out there and, you know, making his face shown. So I we might not be done with Zemo just yet. I'd love it if he stuck around. He's your kind of villain. We talked about this a little bit, but he's just interesting enough to be likable. I mean, he's got an accent, which is cool. But I do think it's interesting with villains, especially where they have this moral code. They're not just pure evil. Like, Zemo always has an agenda, and he has lines that he will not cross. Now, you can argue that his lines are in the wrong place, which obviously they are. But I I like a villain like that that's kind of in a gray area, which Loki is the same way. Although I don't know if Loki has, like, a moral compass. He kind of just does whatever benefits him. True. He is his moral compass. When do you think we'll see Zemo again? Um, I think that's pretty fair. I think if we see him in episode six, uh, something probably went terribly, terribly wrong. And like he somehow, I don't even think this would be possible, convinced the Wakandans to let him go help. But I honestly don't think they care what he wants or what he has to say. 
So I would agree that we're probably done with him for now. Not forever, just for now. So what do you think the ultimate fate of John Walker is going to be? Well, he's going to have a ratty shield, that's for sure. That shield is going to be nothing compared to whatever Sam has now. I mean, there's no way it's made out of vibranium, right? No, it's got to be some shoddy metal that he found Aluminum. in a scrapyard. Yeah, like, good <laughs> luck, dude. Um, but he is a super soldier now. He's a super soldier, so I guess he has that going for him. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think he's obviously taking Valentina up on her offer. I'm going to go with my gut and say that the offer is is probably something to do with, like, the Thunderbolts or creating some sort of anti, you know, government group. So I did learn more about the Thunderbolts since last time we filmed this episode last week. So I had kind of said that it was a group of super soldiers, and I guess that's not necessarily true. It's more like the best analogy we both heard was it is Marvel's version of the suicide squad. So it's basically all these people who are they villains? Probably. Yes, but they're not like the most evil of the evil. They're not the Thanos you know, they've done some bad things. They got some skeletons, but they're trustworthy enough to do the government's dirty work. Correct. And I think that's got John Walker written all over it of that. They would love for him to lead a team like that at this point in his career because he is, he's obviously, you can see by that speech that he gave to the council, he is, he feels so wronged by the government that he gave his entire life to them. And he, I think he almost feels like they built him like this and that it wasn't necessarily his fault, it's their fault. Now, He's a little you delusional, have, but... You have a burning hatred for John Walker, and I I do too, but I do think he's somewhat relatable. Like, he's got some of those same, you know, points that we've talked about in the past of that he was built as a weapon and he was trained well, as a weapon. He was not. He made himself a weapon. Well, that he is true. made himself a worse person because he was insecure. Oh my God. He felt so bad that he got beat up by a girl. So he went and took the super serum and guess what? All of his insecurities made him a terrible person and he killed a guy. So I respectfully disagree. He is, he's just a terrible person. So maybe a better way of asking this is who do you think the focus is on in episode six? Is it Carly or is it John? Who are they As going far, after? Oh, who they're going after? Um, I feel like at this point they're going after Carly because they don't know what John is doing. And that's kind of what we talked about. Like it's going to be this weird three-way, you know, like John is going to feel wronged by Sam and Bucky. But I also feel like he's still going to want to get revenge on Carly, because part of me has to think that he's going to blame a lot of, you know, oh, poor me. I got in trouble because of you. This is your fault. Like, he's going to project that onto her. So does he know that Carly is actually the one who killed Lamar, or does he really think it's that other guy? No, he absolutely knows it's her. 
Because Sam feel and like Bucky told him. Sam and Bucky told him, and you could see, like, he knew. Like Whenever he, he was telling Lamar's family? Yeah, like, he just had to take his anger out on someone, and it's almost like right now he's trying to convince himself that he killed the right person, or I think that would probably unravel him more. But deep down, I almost think that Valentina... Call, I don't know. Part of me thinks Valentina is asking him to go after Carly because of the power broker. You know, if the power broker is going after Carly too for this serum, part of me thinks maybe she is going after Sam and Bucky. So to me, it's 50-50. And that's where I think Sam and Bucky are going to get kind of torn. You know, and I don't know if this is going to be like some kind of epic battle you know like a typical movie but it's gonna be like a a weird kind of awkward three-way thing because then when carly sees john you have to think about that perspective she's going to be very mad at him because she watched him kill her friend best friend confidant partner i don't know what you would call them but they were obviously close so that can't sit well with her. But I also don't know what seeing Sam, if hopefully if Sam shows up as the new Captain America, what that would do to her or John. Like that's going to make John go over the edge. So I think it's just a weird web. And then hopefully Zemo breaks free and he comes back too. And he fights. Or he just dances in the corner. I would love to see. Um, I still don't know how to say. The Dora Milaje. I would love to see them come back and kick some butt. If Bucky like has them on speed dial somehow, just like click the panic button, release the Dora Milaje. Yes, <laughs> it's just like oh, is this a fill in the blank? Section? It is. This is, and you're getting an A plus. So I would love to see. I'd love to see that. So ultimately, do you think Carly ends up dying? Do you think? They just capture her. Is Sam able to get to her and get her to switch? Because obviously, I, I my problem with her dying is that the movement would not stop. I think if they stop the movement, if that's the purpose of this finale, I think all those people just end up in some kind of high security prison sort of deal. I don't think it's in Sam or Bucky to kill her. I think if she dies, it's because of John Walker. I don't think Sam could do it. And I don't think Bucky could either, honestly. So uh, this just brings up one other thing now that I'm thinking about it. So there's some thoughts about where will the Dora Milaje take Zemo. And it could be the... I can't remember what movie is because we're not to it in our marathon at this point. But do you remember the prison that's out in the middle of the ocean? Like we watched that at one point and now I can't remember where it is, but I that don't. could be uh, John Walker could go there or Zemo could go there. What and, if they both go there? And that is what starts the Thunderbolts. Cause that would be just like the suicide squad where it's like, you got all these bad people in one place. Hey, let's break them all out and put them together on a team. Makes sense. Anyway, 
I didn't do a great job of explaining it, but if they take someone to a high security prison in the middle of the ocean. Then you called it. Then, yeah, I called it, and that's the start of the Thunderbolts, which I hope has a different name. I think it's lame. It's lame, but it's just like anything else. Can you actually change it? I mean, it is it is what it is. That writer had a bad day. All right, so we have some other like lingering questions that I want to ask you, the hard-hitting ones at the very end. What happens with Isaiah Bradley? Do you think we see him again in episode six, or do you think his story has been told? So I think his story has been told. I think if we see him, it might just be for like a moment. You know, if if Sam does end up being Captain America, I don't know if they would like televise that and if we would get to see maybe Isaiah's reaction to watching that. Or if he gets, do you think he would go back to him for more advice? Or do you think at the end where he said he'd be a fool to do it, that kind of severed that mentorship relationship with him? Yeah, I want to say that Sam probably gained everything that he needed to from Isaiah as far as like wisdom, advice, just like the history of everything that Isaiah went through. I I don't think like he's going to go back and be like, okay, third time, like, remember me? Can I get your blessing now? Because I don't think Sam necessarily wants it. Like, I think, I think what Isaiah said hurt him. You could kind of see that like it stung, but I feel like Sarah kind of talked to him about like, you don't, you don't need that, you know, like, you know who you are kind of thing, like a pep talk. So I feel like for that reason, if we do see Isaiah again, it might be because of Eli, you know, if they show us a little something about Eli or if they just show us like his final reaction, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of dialogue. And that was my next question. Do you think Eli becomes Patriot in this episode, or is that something way down the road that they're going to come back to? I feel like that's way down the road. I don't think we're ready for that. I think we're introduced to him. We know who he is, and now we kind of know his background, and I think they're going to leave it at that. So here's my theory on Patriot. A lot of these guys run in teams, you know, especially now, Falcon and Winter Soldier. How about Patriot and Falcon. Falcon is Torres. I think they heavily hinted at that whenever Sam left his wings behind for Torres. So what if those two link up somehow and they start working together? Yeah, I was just going to say, how would they find each other? I mean, Sam is their link. So they would have to... It's like, hey, meet one superhero meet another superhero hope you hit it off well neither of them are superheroes in the in term training of yeah so i don't know i i mean i hope we see more of torres and i hope we see more of eli bradley you did say at one point that you thought torres was bad news i did something about torres rubbed me the wrong way at the very beginning and so i didn't think he was trustworthy but i think now he's done nothing to to prove that he's not trustworthy. So I don't know. I think maybe they let that story ferment for a while, for lack of a better turn. And and we know that Eli is out there and he'll show up just when we need him. I agree. It could just be season two, but it could be a lot longer. We know that they sit on things for a long time. A long time. All right. Hard hitting questions. 
is Sam going to be Captain America at the end of episode six? I say yes. 100% in my heart. My heart screams yes. I absolutely think that that's what Bucky gave him, gifted him, is like a new, like his own suit. No wings, just the shield and Sam. No serum. He doesn't need it. But just like a new uniform that can make him feel like it's his. So a couple of things. I agree. I do think he'll be it by the end. So do you think that shield was built by the Wakandans? By Shuri? I think so. I think... I mean, because that would have to be how Bucky ended it. How how would Bucky have it? Unless it's something that Cap gave him to when hold the tears on. tears start for you? Yeah, we'd need some sort of flashback. And my gosh, I can't handle that. But I feel like if we stick with a more modern interpretation, you know, when he helped the... the Dora Milaje. Dora, I was going to attempt it that time. The Dora Milaje. Milaje? Milaje. I, yep. Okay, that. I feel like, you know, he must have struck up a deal or just mentioned it to them or maybe they knew about it somehow and had something waiting. I think that's definitely what it is. The only other thing I can think of was, was, could it be from Stark Industries? But that's not really Tony's style. If he went that route, he would have his name plastered all over it probably on the box. And again, I just don't know how... Like, how would Bucky end up with it? Like, I just have to think about Bucky's connections. Okay, so this brings up something that we haven't discussed for a long time since Endgame. But I think there's this dialogue sequence that happens between Sam and Bucky in the backyard when Sam is starting to train. And Bucky is talking about the plan that he and Steve made. And so there's always been this discussion about Well, who knew before Steve did what he did? Obviously, Sam didn't. But I think that conversation confirms that Bucky was in on the plan the whole time. So before Steve went back in time. To be with Peggy. Before Steve, you know, decided who he was going to give the shield to, he and Bucky sat down and had a conversation about it. And they both agreed to it and they both knew what was going to happen. And I think that's why, if you go back and watch Endgame now, that's why when you see, when you know when Bucky says to Steve like, "I'm gonna miss you, buddy," he's smiling because he knows he's gonna see him in five seconds. You know that he's old. Steve's gonna start walking up, mm-hmm. and that's why Bucky excuses himself at that moment because he knows what Steve is about to give to Sam. And I I think that. Then there's other conversations come off of that. Did anybody else know? Or was was it just between Bucky and Steve? You know, did anybody else know what was going to happen at this point? So now you're predicting that maybe someone else knew, maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying, if, I don't know. Probably not Tony, because obviously he was gone before this. And, you know... I don't think they were planning for the celebration and what was going to happen next when they didn't even know if they were going to make it out alive. But 
Just throwing it out there. I mean, it could, for for all we know, it could be Pepper. Now, I think Pepper is never going to show up at the MCU again because I don't think that Gwyneth Paltrow really likes playing Pepper Potts anymore. But again, who knows? But I do think it's really cool now to go back and watch Endgame just based on this little bit of dialogue between Sam and Bucky and understand the role that Bucky was playing in that point in time that he agreed to this, it appears. Yeah, I mean, and it really was. It was just like that one sentence that Bucky said where like we never like we never anticipated, you know, and it was like, well, we, we, why'd you say we, you know, it wasn't just Cap didn't anticipate this, you know, it was like, like you said, it was definitely something a little deeper, a little Easter egg for us to sif- to sit on. So we talked about Sam. We're in agreement on Sam. Now begs the question of Bucky. Now, I did not know until this past episode that anyone ever called Bucky anything other than Bucky or the Winter Soldier. I didn't know. James. James James James? Bucky Buchanan. Oh, okay. Well, I'm eliminating that one. Barnes. No, sorry, Barnes. Anyway. I'll accept that. Um, but for D, final answer, I didn't know that he was ever called the White Wolf. So the Wakandans call him that. I'm not really sure where that comes from. Haven't made it there in our marathon. So can you enlighten me on that? I honestly that's I think that happens in Civil War, and it's been so long since I've watched that. I don't know for certain on how that came to be. But, um, yeah, the Wakandans call him White Wolf. And so that leads me to believe that the next season of this show is going to be called Captain America and the White Wolf. And they will drop their former names because Falcon will then be Torres and the Winter Soldier. I think that's part of, of, of Bucky unpacking all of his trauma and shedding his previous identities is fully embracing that he is the white wolf, that he is no longer the winter soldier. Now he might just introduce himself as Bucky to most people. He might not say I'm the white wolf, but he never says I'm the winter Winter soldier. Soldier. But I do think that he'll, he'll be, I was going to say professionally known. I don't know if that's the right term, but (laughs) he put it on his new business card. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that would be really cool. And I think that would be really great for the evolution of his character and this, you know, redemption tour and this long road ahead that he has to, you know, being at peace with himself. Now, I don't know if he'll go back to Wakanda, you know, to go through another rehabilitation process almost, or how he will go forward i think i think that conversation with sam is very enlightening of about that you know he's not going to get what he's looking for by going about it the means that he's done by taking mr nagasaki to lunch like he's not going to get the peace that he desires that method so he's going to try something new but i think sam pointed out he's not getting that closure because he is going about it the wrong way so like i do think you know, talking to those people, you know, whatever that might take, like facing that head on 
you know, I don't know if, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think he needs to go back to Wakanda for anything at this point, other than, you know, maybe he likes it there. He likes the people probably, but like a, yeah, like a vacation for him, you know, like his second family, like he probably feels comfortable there, you know, it's probably a good relaxing place. I think any kind of other work that he needs to do, he needs to do like for himself on his own terms. So do you think he goes and tells Mr. Nagasaki the full story in episode six? That's a lot. That would be a lot in episode six. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I mean, I think it's possible. I kind of think that that conversation might have been leading up to it. I mean, do we know how long episode six is? I think it's going to be around 50 minutes again. So, I mean. So here's a way that they could show it from a cinematic point of view is just like, you can't hear the audio, but maybe you can see Mr. Nagasaki crying, you know, or Bucky crying and them having a conversation. And we would know that's what they're talking about. Yeah. We maybe won't hear it, but we will know that that's something that Bucky decided to do. Yeah. I mean, I could see them tying that up, tying up that loose end because I think that would lead nicely into like he is getting that closure and he wants to, like, take on this new role as the White Wolf. So to me, that would make sense in, like, developing that, like, character arc. But, I don't know. Again, I just think there's so much to put into this one final episode. Which I think lends itself even more that there's going to be a season two. But we might not get every answer. Not every answer. But I do think there are... No matter what, I think there's a lot to tie up here. They built up a lot in five, sh- I don't want to say short episodes, but in five episodes, they can leave some things untied, but not everything. Uh, I want to throw one more hat into the ring for the power broker. Um, I'm sorry, you picked final answer. Justin Hammer from Hammer Tech. He's got a history in... Arms trading. He's been basically outcast from the U.S. It would make a lot of sense for him to show back up in this new role. And he was from um, Iron Man 3? I can't remember if it's Iron Man 2 or 3. I think it's 3. But I honestly can't remember. The issue with us is that we've watched so many of these that they kind of start to blend together. But he was one of the villains in Iron Man. Yeah, he's he was the competitor to Stark Industries. Hammer Tech was the other weapons uh, manufacturer that was in competition with with them. So, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, it would make sense for him to kind of emerge now or to do something a little devious to have competed with Stark Industries. So I see it. I mean, that kind of goes with my prediction, though, of someone who we haven't been introduced to yet. We have been. You're saying introduced to in the series. Yeah, like I just... So you think even if it's a... When you say that, you're saying it's someone that we will know when we see them. Are you... You're not... I just I just don't think it's someone that we've seen so far in the series. It might be someone 
like the hammer tech guy. It might just be random Joe that we don't know anything about yet. And then maybe he's part of, you know, this next series. Okay. I don't know. It's going to be wild. It is going to be wild. I hope it's not too emotional. Oh, it's going to be. I'm interested in these flashbacks, crazy scenes, like... Oh, something we talked about that maybe some of you missed at home in Sam's training montage. Pay attention to where he is on the screen the whole time. There's always room on his left whenever he's running. Are you going to cry? You look like you're going to cry. Cue the tears. (sighs) So I think that's about it. I think we're ready. We are four days away, and it's exciting. So we'll be back next week to get our final thoughts on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier Season 1. Also, maybe look forward into where we think the MCU and what these upcoming titles will do. We'll get Black Widow pretty soon. Got a Shang-Chi trailer today, which you have not watched yet, Catherine. I haven't watched it yet. So lots of things in the works, and then we got Loki, of course. And then the What If series will be after that, which I'm very curious as to what that will be like. Yeah, I know nothing about that. Well, you soon will. Just for an update on where we're at in our Marvel Marathon, we've now made it through Season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we are about to start Daredevil Season 1. And then we'll do both the Guardians of the Galaxies leading into Age of Ultron eventually. Long hey, way to go. Wanda. <laughs> Wanda. Oh, you're saying the introduction of Wanda. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday to talk about Maria and Enzo's and Enzo's Hideaway and Disney Springs, the storytelling about those restaurants. We just ate at Enzo's Hideaway this past week, and it was fantastic. And it has a super rich story, it seems like. Lots of Easter eggs. So we're excited to share that with you. It's one of those that uh, I think a lot of people overlook it. We did. It's easy to miss. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to share that with you. And so uh, hope you can join us then. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon. 